2: I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Reality.
4: the jesse kelly show another hour of the jesse kelly show on an ask dr jesse friday the weekend is officially here if you're listening to the sound of my voice put a smile on your face it's weekend time baby and you remember i'm gonna get back to my ask dr jesse questions if you listened last night you'll know this if you didn't i would highly recommend you go download the podcast of last night's show we would just We were in a mood, a bit bit even more of a goof-off mood than we normally are on the show. We decided, I'm going to do what I rarely do and open up the phone lines. And the question was, it wasn't just random calls. The question was, what's the worst you ever screwed up at work? And there were some pants sweating funny ones in there. Well, a couple people didn't get to call in, so they sent a couple of these in. And I feel obligated to share these with you before we get to... The next bit of ugliness, somebody wants to know how many of these leftists in this country actually are, actually know they're communists. So before we get to that, I'm going to get to two of these. First one, I tried, to talking about on the phones, but I couldn't get through. In 2009, I was selling cars and accidentally drove a Jeep Wrangler I was selling through the wall of the finance office and crushed the desk. <laughs> and then he says, in 2016, I was selling alarms. And I was in, in inspecting an attack, an attack must mean an alarm. And I was inspecting an alarm in my suit and tie when the floor broke out from under me. And I went through to the guest bedroom, holding the rafters like an Olympian doing the Iron Cross. He finishes it by saying, I'm no longer in sales. <laughs> That's so good. But man, this one, whew, this is a doozy. You ready for this one? Whew. Dear perspective setting genius. Chris, do I set perspectives? You don't even know what that means. You know what, Chris? I don't even know why I would ask you. Oh, I forgot to tell everyone. Sorry, Chris. Chris just divulged to me during the break. He cycles. (laughs) He's he's one of the cyclist people. What's your boyfriend think about that, Chris? (laughs) All right. Sorry. Dear perspective setting genius. Love the show, but listen via podcast because of my work schedule. I was wishing upon us on a star that I could have called in yesterday when you announced you were taking calls about the worst you've ever screwed up at work. I believe this comes close to the death row guy. Oh, again, if you missed last night's podcast, I'm not giving it away. You're gonna have to go download it. iHeart, Google Spotify and iTunes. Make sure you listen until you get to the death row guy from last night. All right. Trust me on that. Anyway. Years ago, I was a used car salesman. He says, what, Chris? Don't judge. (laughs) Anyways, at this dealership, they had something called the BDC or Business Development Center. It's this lame thing where every day for a few hours, you have to go upstairs with your other team members and take phone calls while everyone, including your manager, listens in and tears your sales abilities to shreds. So needless to say, I looked for every opportunity to avoid this time of day. On this particular day, I decided to pretend like I was on a test drive with a customer, except there was no customer, and I left the lot in a brand new Toyota Tacoma. The, by the way, those Tacomas are nice. Anyway, sorry. While coming, stop, while coming to a stoplight, I slightly rear-ended the lady in front of me in a panic I so wisely decided I was going to speed off when the light turned green and tried to ditch the old hag. After about 20 minutes of driving like a madman through town, I thought I had lost her and was about to pull back into the dealership when I was pulled over by what what had to be the entire police department. Oh yeah, everyone inside the dealership saw the entire ordeal. One officer came to the window and was so livid, I thought for sure I was going to jail. My manager came to my rescue and explained to the officer I was a really good guy who was just going through some stressful life situations. (laughs) Anyways, I somehow walked away without even getting a ticket and somehow kept my job. He says, keep fighting the good fight, brother. Keep using the name. And he says, Even though after listening to the show, I'm a little embarrassed to say it's Chris. (laughs) That's gold. Again, if you missed last night's, go download it. You'll enjoy it. All right, let's get to the heavy stuff. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, obviously. So my whole show, I'm answering your questions. I mean, look, what are we going to do? Are we going to answer questions or are we going to laugh at Democrats lying and being wrong about everything?
1: I really do doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle most economic ah. al- analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact the
0: faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign
3: the overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down no one's talking about this great great deal
1: this is something that will uh, settle down transitory <laughs> transitory
3: and the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected, and, and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody. Who-
4: yeah, I'm already bored. Look, it's like they, they, they lied about everything and screwed everything up, and now we're going into a great depression. I mean, you. How often have you heard me say that we're not going into a recession? We're in a recession and we're going into a depression. I've said that a lot, right? Headline from today. You know what this is? Dow Jones Industrial Average on the Longest Losing Streak Since 1932. Yes, Chris, something did happen about 1932. Sorry, let's settle that. Let's get back to the questions. Jesse, what percentage of leftists in the country know they are communists? What percent are just useful idiots? Well, I think if you were to actually talk to every single leftist and, you know, I'm talking lie detector test, truth serum, whatever you give them, I think you would find that about 90% of them have no idea that's what they are. They have no idea they're communists because, again, and I'm not actually trying to be insulting for once, but this is still true. These are not people who think through things with any kind of depth the way you do. They're just not, because if they were, if they were those people, they wouldn't be communists. Like the next the next question I'm going to answer, and I'm not actually answering the next question now. I'll get to it and give the guy a real answer. But he asks, you know, why I get in fights. My in-laws are, are horrible communists and they keep arguing with me all the time and they get really angry why do you think they get so angry when you start to challenge them on any of their ideas? Why do you think that is? Why do you think they'll, usually, usually they lash out, right? Oh, I think there should be a, a abortion for all nine months. Okay, but I have an ultrasound here showing that's a real baby. You must hate women, Nazi. You're, you're thinking, oh, wait, what? We were just having a conversation. We are not dealing with people who think things through. They don't. And they don't want to. Remember, most of the people who are communists don't want to think things through. They've chosen a life where they are essentially slaves. I want to be told what to think, where to work, what to eat. I want to be told what to do when there's a virus. I want to be told. I want to be guided through my whole life. That's, what, that's how they think. So I would guess 90% of the people on the left in this country have no idea they're communists you could sit down with one of these people and you could, you could ask them down the list, what do you think about this? Should the government just take this over? Should this person be silenced and censored? What do you think? I mean, you could go down a list of what makes a communist and they would check every single box and by the time you got to the end, you ask them the question, do you consider yourself a communist? They would say no and it wouldn't set off the lie detector test. That's just a fact. We've taught people... That liberalism or leftism or being a Democrat is what, that's what they are. That's not what they are. They're actual communists. These, these people are all cultural Marxists. They're all psychopaths. They're all cultural Marxists. They believe, they genuinely believe they are the lords above you as every communist does. And they should get a committee together to guide every part of your life. They should be able to tell you what to think the dangerous you know edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media trying to make up his own facts and it could be that while unemployment and uh, the the economy worsens he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control uh, exactly what people think and that is the that is our job yeah that is our job that is our job just like communists but if you would what's that lady's name Micah Brzezinski on MSNBC if you were to tie her to a lie detector test and ask that woman if she's a communist she would say no and it wouldn't even set it off these people have no idea they're the bad guy that's part of what makes them so dangerous they don't know and speaking of how dangerous they are and how dangerous things are it's Friday that makes tomorrow Saturday 10 minutes I owe you 10 minutes of practice with my Mantis X system this weekend on my life. I will be honest with you on Monday when I come in and tell you whether I gave you that 10 minutes. You owe me 10 minutes of practice this weekend. We have to make each other better, right? You, you get a Mantis X. It, it attaches to your weapon. You practice inside your home. Dry fire practice. You don't fire a shot. You don't use any gas. You don't have to leave the air conditioning. I know it's hot outside. Therefore, you don't have excuses, and I don't have excuses. And I've skipped weekends before, and I've tried to make excuses. There are none. Who doesn't have 10 minutes over the weekend to sit down and make sure you get better? They'll give you feedback. They'll put you through drills. You will get better in the comfort of your home with Mantis X. Go to MantisX.com and get one today. Mantis X. Don't hope you're ready. Make sure. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday. Wishing you a very happy Buenos tardes from me and the entire crew here at the Jesse Kelly Show. That means good weekend for those who don't know. Buenas tardes to you and Buenas tardes to me. Now, it is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, jesse at jesse Jesse at jesse I have a couple of things I need to tell you about first. One, you're going to be excited about two, you're going to be mad at me about. First, you history geeks, and we're going to talk a little Mongol history that I actually hosed everyone for last Friday and I owe it to you. So we're going to talk a little Mongol history in a second. So hang on. But you history geeks, you guys who asked me for more, do more history shows, I have a history TV show available now. It dropped today on Lenin, on Vladimir Lenin. You want, I think it's like 45 minutes long, so it's not brutal. I tried to keep it relatively short, but it's good. You have to go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up, and then you get to watch the thing on demand, all right? Thefirsttv.com slash support. Go enjoy it. Second, you're going to be mad at me about this. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. I have contractual obligations. Well, contractual reasons why I can't go into this further. Uh, Monday or Tuesday, we're going to be making an announcement on the show about the show, and you're going to like it. That's all I'm going to say is you're going to like it. Well, I take that back. That's all I'm allowed to say is you're going to like it. So there. don't worry, don't worry. None of the, thi- none of the ways you consume the show now are going to change at all. Same time, same everything. So don't worry. Don't be one of those people who fears change like Chris. Don't be one of those losers. Don't worry. We're ge- it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's a good announcement, and that's coming Monday or Tuesday, so you're just going to have to stay tuned for that. I can't tell you yet. Now, back to – let's do a little history before we go into this guy fighting with his scumbag communist in-laws. I owed you this from last Friday. I teased something, and then I didn't follow through. That is not uh, that's not unheard of here on the Jesse Kelly Show because I'm what, – what do you call uh, – disorganized. That's, that's what I'm called. I'm disorganized and I'm unprofessional and I have no business being here. So sometimes I will tease things. And then by the time the commercial break is over, I forget what I teased and I just start talking about something else (laughs) or I got distracted by something else. If I ever do that, feel free to email in and let me know. And I'll make sure I get back to it. Last Friday, we were talking about Japan and the Mongols and all kinds of stuff. And I, I was teasing a little history thing that I was going to tell you a little history of Mongols in Japan and stuff like that. And, and this guy's question reminded me of that. This guy asked another question from earlier. He said, if Genghis Khan were uh, from a land of ostriches, would he still be as a dominant as a general? You know, because the Mongols use horses and stuff like that. One, the answer is yes. Two, I think people don't. Everyone knows the name Genghis Khan, but I think people do not understand how advanced they were for the time and just how much better they were at warfare than everyone else, than all the other great empires. They went up against all the other great empires on earth at the time. And they pounded all of them. It wasn't even that close. They pounded them all the dust. And one of the reasons for this, and I think we could take a listen for this and how we conduct ourselves today, you and me, not that we want to be Mongols, right? But there's a great lesson in this. We talked about Japan a little bit last week. We were talking about the samurai. And hey, by the way, I swear this is a political talk show. We'll get, to, we'll get back to some of that soon. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about the samurai and, and how the samurai operated and where they came from and how they learned some of their techniques and whatnot. But at some point in their, in their, in their, their heyday... The samurai would do something you've seen in the movies to where they would square off against other samurai. You know, different clans would fight others. And you would have a challenger or a champion of some kind step forward from your lines and call out the other side and say, where's your guy? Where's your champion? Let's fight it out right here for honor and stuff like that. Really cool, right? I mean, something straight out of the movies. Isn't that cool? I mean, wouldn't you want to go back and see one of those fights? Be cool. And that was for them, it was a matter of tradition, it was a matter of honor, that was what you did. Pause on that for a second. Okay, I'm going to come back to it, pause on that. The Mongols at one point in time sent the great general Subutai and 20,000 troops up to Europe just to see what it was like up there. They didn't know what it was like up there. And the Mongols kept beating up all the European knights they ran into contact with. And one of the things the Mongols kept doing up there, don't worry, I'm going to apply this to today, hang with me. One of the things they kept doing up there to all the European knights was the Mongols would fake running away. They would do the feigned retreat. Now, why did this work? Well, in the era of knights and nobles and nobility, if your enemy turns around on horseback and takes off running and the Mongols would sell it, they would scream in fear. I mean, they would really sell it. Oh, no, we're beaten. Run, guys. And they would run away. Well, to the knights of Europe, that was that was a matter of honor. They would never do such a thing. You would never fake a retreat. And so they would chase after the Mongols, and they would get led into a massive ambush and get slaughtered every time. Now, what happened there? What happened there was... Because the Mongols didn't have this sense of rules or sense of nobility or sense of morality, they didn't have the same value system of the nobles, of the knights. They were able to use the value system the knights had against them. Fast forward to Japan. At one point, the Mongols actually took a gigantic fleet and sailed over to Japan to, to, to conquer Japan. Now, they ended up losing because a big storm came through and sunk all their ships. They called it a divine wind. That's how you get the term kamikaze. That's what kamikaze means, divine wind. It sunk all their ships. But there was a lot of fighting between the Mongols and the samurai before the ships sunk. And one of the things the Japanese found stunning was this. They would line up to fight the Mongols and the Japanese would, as they always have. Send a warrior out front to challenge. Who's the toughest Mongol? Send him over here. And you know what the Mongols would do? Well, who's this idiot standing out in front of everyone else? And they would just fire a bunch of arrows at him and kill him. It's a great story, right? But it goes to show how your values can be used against you when you're not facing someone who has any values. This is something we have to deal with on the right as we deal with the communists, you undoubtedly have this list of things you will do, this list of things you won't do, because uh, at some level there are higher things you serve than that. That's normal. That's a healthy place to be. I'm not telling you you're bad, but you must understand you're not dealing with people who have that. That's why they do the things they do all the time. There is no value system, but win. All right. Now, how should you deal with your scumbag communist relatives? Someone has a question about a recession that's coming. What should he do? Someone's worried about raising communists. Should we want them aborted? All that on The Jesse Kelly Show. Hang on. I keep hearing that a lot of people are still on the fence about owning gold and silver. now, for an exclusive 10% discount. That's B Y R N A dot slash Jesse. You've heard me say it dog food is dead food. Truth is, naturopathic doctor Dennis Black created Rough Greens because of his love and concern for dogs. By the way, he's an amazing man, a former airborne ranger, green beret, and helicopter pilot, but now Dr. Black has a new mission to help us do what's best for our furry family members. I am so glad he created Rough Greens to help dogs who suffer from itching, scratching, bad breath, digestive and elimination problems and low energy. Rough Greens is packed with vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, omega oils and antioxidants. Your dog really will feel better and live longer. Fred is certainly proof of that and Dr. Black wants to prove it to you with a free Jumpstart trial bag so your dog can try it. Just cover the shipping. You don't even have to change Change your dog's food. Just sprinkle on a scoop of Rough Greens. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse for your free Jump Start trial bag. That's roughgreens.com slash jesse or call 833-33-MY-DOG. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, Remember? You can email the show your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions to jesse at com. Jesse at com. These people are out of their minds.
1: You know, in the U.S., we have a shortage of workers. We could be working on agricultural visas we can be helping Mm -hmm. um to formalize the daca recipients that have been in our country since they were babies many of them that grew up in our country are educated are working professionals they have temporary visas why not move on those immigration issues Mm -hmm. we have not been able to because there has been uh no emphasis from the republicans um, to help it, with this policy because they need this hatred anti-immigrant hatred in order to continue their policies of racism and domestic terrorism
4: inflations through the roof borders wide open we're sending billions in a slush fund to the state department and they want to amnesty illegal immigrants Golly. let's get back to the ask dr jesse questions the reality is too dark jesse How should I handle aggressive family members? Obviously, superior bloodline is far too smart to be fooled by the left, but my mother and father-in-law are serious lefties. I never bring up politics, but inevitably it gets brought up, usually by my father-in-law, who has a pretty short fuse and always gets at least somewhat angry when I disagree with what he's saying. Should I bite my tongue and allow him to regurgitate focused group-tested talking points Or do I continue to confront his BS? He says, use my name. It's Josh. Josh. How many communists do we have here in the United States of America? Let's say it's 330 million people. Let's say half of those are adults, I would guess. So let's uh, carry the one. Let's say we have 100 million communists in America. 80 million people voted for Joe Biden. But let's say we have 100 million communists in America. There's a lot of communists you can fight. Don't fight the wife's parents. It's just, look, I'm, I'm blessed. It's fun to make in-law jokes, and I'm never going to stop doing that. I'm blessed to have in-laws who are just really wonderful people. They're really nice to me, and, and they're just good people. So I don't have this fight. But if I did have in-laws who were scumbag communists in my face all the time, I'd just avoid them as much as possible. But I'm not going to get in a fight with the wife And then have cold meals just because my father-in-law wanted to fight. I'm not bringing that tension into my house. If he's a nut job, fine. Look, at least it didn't transfer over to her. Jesse, just like you, just like you were, I I am in sales. I'm in an industry that does not seem very recession-proof. I'm worried as things continue to get worse, I could get laid off. I am the sole provider in my home. I have worked hard my whole life so my wife could be a stay-at-home mother to our children. Good for you, brother. If you were to go back into sales, what industry would you search out during these scary times? Says I can say his name. His name is uh, Sean. All right, Sean. I get this question a lot, and I, I don't want to give people bad advice because the truth is just because we've all lived, like, like I'm 40, About to be 41, July 20th. Not that I'm going to tell anyone my birthday. That'd be childish. But I'm about to be 41 on July 20th. I've lived 40 years. The next 40 years in this country are not going to look anything like the last 40 years I've already lived through. And it's fun to joke around and screw off on the radio and play fart sounds and wish everyone Buenos Tardes. But I'm actually not an oracle. And I don't know what's coming for this I- economic disaster. And let's be frank here. I do think, I mean, I to. I'm just going to give it to you right between the eyes, I do genuinely believe we are heading into a depression that will be similar to the Great Depression. I'm almost positive of it. And have you ever talked to anybody who lived through the Great Depression? I have. I've had the opportunity to talk to a few of them. I mean, I know guys whose parents were still canning food, always had canned food in the home until the day they died because of the starvation that people went through during the Great Depression. I've, I've, re- I've read it to you before, a little passage out of a book. I forget the book, but kid shows up to school. little girl shows up to school. She's starving. Teacher asks her what's wrong. Girl says, I'm so hungry. And the teacher says, well, why don't you go home and get yourself something to eat? And the girl says, today's my sister's turn to eat. Now, I, I'm not trying to scare you, but when you print 80% of the money in existence in a two-year span, that's as you're destroying your own economy. So not only are you taking a drill and you're putting holes in the side of the boat You are actually actively at that same time, reaching outside of the boat with buckets of water and scooping the water into the boat. You did everything possible to make sure we are going to financially be wrecked and remember it's not just America. It would be bad enough if it was just America. All the Western governments did the same thing. We are talking a global economy here, and these depressions tend to be global. We in America, we talk about the Great Depression as an American phenomenon, and that's understandable. We're going to talk about our perspective on it. People don't know. Europe went through one, too at the same time, and it was really bad, really bad. It's going to be global. The enti- all the governments of the West looked at their economy, which is the engine that makes a country go, and they all stopped it and then just started borrowing vast sums of money and printing vast sums of money. And now that would be bad enough. That alone right there would be bad enough. But then, then we decided to uh, pass this disastrous mail-in voting. Which did a lot to give us President Joe Biden that we have now. And now we have people who've wanted the destruction of the United States of America for decades and decades and decades. Now they're in charge and America's laying there bleeding out and they're looking at this thinking this is wonderful and that's why they're hitting the gas pedal on everything that is destroying us. You understand they're not even trying to fix gas prices. Not only are they not trying to fix it, they're still canceling leases and things. They're actually draining the strategic oil reserve while they're doing that. This is a controlled demolition of the country. I am sure we're heading to a great depression because they're trying to put us into one. Now, I know that's dark. I know that's heavy. I don't mean to just—I don't mean to give it to you like that, especially on a Friday. But I'm telling you that to tell you this: what's what's recession proof? What sales job is recession proof, brother? I don't know because I don't know how bad it's going to get. I mean, you know what unemployment was like during the Great Depression? 25%. I mean, we look at uh, third world countries now. You look at some uh, favelas in Brazil or any third world country in Africa or something like that. And we look at these horrible shanty towns people live in with wood and some sheet metal. and, And we think to ourselves, man, that would suck. Oh my gosh, look at the poverty. That's terrible. You know, we've had those shanty towns here. We called them Hoovervilles. They were named after President Hoover, who did a lot to throw us into the Great Depression. We've had those here before during a depression. And I, I don't mean to scare you, but I don't know what's depression proof. I don't know how bad it'll get. I think there's a good chance it'll be bad. I do. All right, well, with that bit of sunny news, now that everyone, <laughs> now that everyone is uplifted, Somebody wants to know, uh, what music would I play at my inauguration to be dictator? And we're going to talk about why fish sucks and we'll still rip on communists and much more on the Jesse Kelly show. Before we get to that, let's talk about giving back during tough times. And that seems like an odd time to talk about that, right? Well, if times are tough, shouldn't I tighten my belt and whatnot? Well, yeah, tighten your belt, cut cable, but don't stop giving to people in need. Because people in need are going to actually have it worse than everyone else during these times. Tunnel to Towers. They're out there giving back to Gold Star Widows and their children. Paying off mortgages for Gold Star Widows. Catastrophically injured veterans. They're building them smart homes. They're building an entire community for Gold Star Widows and the widows of first responders down in Florida. All they ask from you is $11 a month. You just sign up you'll never know it's gone. 11 dollars a month. Go to t the number 2 t.org 11 bucks a month to tunnel to towers. Surely we can do that, no? t2t.org We'll be back.
2: He doesn't care if you believe him. But he's right. Jesse Kelly
4: It is the Jesse Kelly show, and it is. Did I not tell you we were going to have fun this Friday? Let's get to a couple things. King Jesse. It sounds better than dictator Jesse. Chris, does king sound better than dictator? Here, well, here's my problem with here's my problem with king. I think it makes it sound more noble than I intend to be. I intend to bring pain and suffering, Chris. That's really my goal as a dictator. What my, dictator? My goal. Is to punish communists. People ask why I won't run for president. I mean, like one person's asked. But people ask why I won't run for president. I don't have any desire to be constrained by the powers of the presidency. I don't want to be the president. I want to be a dictator so I can right some wrongs in this country. Anyway, moving on. Oh, oh, did I mention? Obviously, we've talked about the financial times we're going into right now. Let's seek out every avenue we can to save money. You undoubtedly are going to have to buy gifts at some point throughout this year, right? Birthdays, uh, Father's Day, Christmas, it's various holidays are still coming around. You know that my pe- my pillow has a buy one get one free deal going on what? On my pillow bedsheets. Giza elegance pillows the six piece towel sets oh my gosh you've got to try the towels roll and go anywhere my pillows I love those for travel we always hated. I hated before we had those traveling once you have a my pillow you travel and all the hotel pillows suck so now you just get to pack those along anyway they're all buy one get one free now's the time to stock up on gifts I mean stock up for yourself too but buy one get one free Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code JESSE and get something for free. We could all use that right now. MyPillow.com promo code JESSE. Or you can call 800-845-0544. Back to the question. Buenas tardes, Dr. Oracle. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes to you too, my friend. That means good weekend again for anyone who doesn't know. If communists are more likely to raise more communists, And communists are more likely to get abortions. Then what's the issue? He says, my wife hates how much I love your show. His name is John from Spokane. Look, we can dog on communism and communists as much as we want. And we always will on this show. And we can talk about them as if they're robots because that's pretty much what they are. But they're still human beings that are not yours or mine to kill. They're not anyone's to kill. Those are unique individual souls. Jesse, my husband made us fish on the grill tonight. I'll eat fish, but I'm not crazy about it. So I took a bite and the first thing I said was What'd she say, Chris? Chris, what'd she say? You could say it, Chris. Say oh fine, don't say it. I'll I'll say what she said. She said, this is too fishy. I instantly heard you in my head saying that nobody likes fish. You are so right. Freedom isn't free and and fish is gross. I'd rather my beef be too beefy. As I've said a thousand times, all you supposed fish lovers are liars. Nobody actually likes fish. What you like is a bland piece of meat that is prepared the right way. Oh, I love fish, Jesse. You've never had my fresh lake trout that we deep fry in Cajun batter. Uh, Yeah, I could deep fry my shoe sole in Cajun batter and it would be delicious. That doesn't make fish good. That makes the batter good. Oh, oh, Jesse, but I pour crawfish etouffee on it. Yes, crawfish etouffee is delicious. That doesn't make the fish good. Nobody likes fish. And you know this because just like she said, whenever you bite into a piece of fish, it's not good. What do you say? It tastes fishy. Why would tasting fishy be a problem if you like fish? I thought you liked fish. Are you a liar? Chris, what was that stupid question you asked me before? Oh, During the break, Chris asked me a really stupid question. I shouldn't even answer him. But he said, why do they call it the birds and the bees? In case you missed it earlier in the show, we were talking about having the talk with the kids, and I went over the talk I had with mine. And he asked why it's called the birds and the bees. Well, Chris, clearly you didn't go to an elite-level community college like I did, Pima Community College, the Harvard of the West. Uh, Do you know why bees and birds... Why it's called birds and the bees? I actually don't either. I just was hoping you would come up with something too. Just, now that now that we've done that, it's it, I, that didn't work out. I didn't work out at all. Never mind. Dear Oracle, who is the wildest historical figure and why is it Rasputin? Dude was supposedly healing people, sleeping with whoever he could, claiming he was magic and became one of the most powerful men in Russia, all while looking like a total freak. I love the show. You can use my name. His name is Adam. Pete, do Pete, does everyone, everyone knows about Rasputin, right? I realize they probably don't, so let's, let's do a little rewind on this. Before the scumbag communists took over Russia, Russia was run by the czars, just kings. They were monarchs, right? And of course, because they're Russians, they had to make them sound bigger and scarier than they are. They're czars. And towards the end, well, not towards the end, at the end of the czar rule in Russia, there was a man named Tsar Nicholas II. He was the head man in charge, and he never wanted the job. In his defense, he never wanted to be czar. He wasn't one of these power-hungry guys. It was just everyone kept dying around him, and he ended up sitting in the big boy chair. Well, for all his faults, and they were many, czar Nicholas II loved his family, was very, very close with his wife, adored his children By all accounts, I I don't know of any account that disputes that. The man, he was just a family dude. He didn't want to be czar. He wanted to be off in the countryside hanging with the wife and kids, right? Well, they had a son. I believe his name was Nicholas, too. I'm almost positive it was. They called him Little Nicky, if I remember right. But they had a son who had hemophilia. And in case you don't know what, that is what it's called, right? I got that right, Chris. Hemophilia. Yeah, that's whatever the blood thing is where your blood doesn't clot. Someone listening to the sound of my voice right now has hemophilia, where you cut yourself, and it doesn't even have to be a major cut, but your blood doesn't clot. You can bleed to death, and a big part of it is bruising. It doesn't have to be a cut. Remember, a bruise is bleeding underneath the skin, and think what that would be like. I mean, someone out there hearing this is going through this. Think what it would be like to have a young boy of all things have hemophilia, I mean, if you looked at my sons, sometimes I look at them because they're always running around the house in their underwear. Little daggone freaks don't like to wear clothes. First thing they do when they get home is strip all their clothes off. But you look at my sons, they're just one big bruise. And I'll look at them and see, James, how in the world did you get, how did you get this? And they never even know. Boys are boys. They run and they jump and they leap and they wrestle and they're just one big bruise. Imagine having a son who if he bruised himself, he could die. Well, that's what the Tsars were going, that's what Tsar Nicholas II and his wife were going through at the time. And they were desperate to find anybody, anyone at all, who might be able to heal their son. Now, let's go to Rasputin. If you've never seen a picture of Rasputin, as long as you're not driving right now, I would highly recommend you look him up. It doesn't matter if it's black and white, which it undoubtedly will be. What a creepy human being. I don't know whether his eyes were blue or gray. And what's wild is neither do the history books. They're described several different ways, almost as if they change. He has this long beard, long scraggly hair. He looks like he looks like something out of your nightmares. That's what he looks like. He looks like somebody who would show up in a dark alley in your nightmares. That was Rasputin. Now, how did all this come to be? Well, you know what? I'll explain in just a second.
2: Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Keeby Rappaport. And together, we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Rappaport Reality Podcast. Podcast.